Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. Order. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Once again, we are down in the tent of shame on Westminster Green, College Green to be precise, behind us uh, at the Palace of Westminster tonight. Uh, we are going to be faced with a whole bunch of what are being called indicative votes. We're not entirely certain uh, exactly what those seven or eight or possibly nine indicative votes are going to mean, but what they are going to probably achieve is the square root of absolutely nothing at all because they are not legally binding. They are not going to make Theresa May do anything different from what she was going to do in the first place. They are certainly not going to head, uh, head us anywhere near uh, leaving with no deal uh, on Friday, March the 29th, which is literally two days away now. Uh, instead, we've got Donald Tusk talking about the possibility of Britain taking a bit more time to think about what we should be doing, because don't forget, he says, five million people have signed a petition, which has already been uh, dumped in the bin by the government. And by the way, there weren't five million people that signed it. There were five million signatures, which is not the same thing. He's also said that one million people marched uh, in the Losers' March at the weekend, which is also not true. So poor old Donald Tusk has fallen uh, for the Remainers' argument. The Ramoners have managed to convince him that they and they alone have the truth, that they and they alone have the best interests of our country at heart, and they and they alone uh, are the way forward for us. But the trouble is, we don't care what the MPs think. We don't care what the MPs want to vote upon. We do not care what their preferences are from 1 to 10. What we do care about is what we voted on and we voted to leave the European Union two and a half years ago and it really is now time to just bloody well get on with it, isn't it? Please, just get on with it. 0344 499 1000. We'll be talking to a host of MPs. Nick Dubois uh, is going to join us as well. Uh, we've got Ross Kempsell here with us, the political editor of Talk Radio, working very hard, trying to find out precisely what is the point of what is going on this afternoon because it doesn't seem to be any point to it at all. 0344-499-1000. As ever, we want to hear from you. We've had some great calls this week. We want to continue uh, to have those great calls. And, of course, uh, you can only come to this radio station if you talk common sense, because that's what everybody does here. Common sense is what we do. Uh, you're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here in the Tent of Shame in the Independent Republic down on Westminster's College Green. The fallout, the fury, the future. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Yeah, order on Talk Radio. Still standing better than I ever did. Looking like a true survivor. Feeling like a man. 
Welcome back to the Tent of Shame. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We're down on College Green in Westminster. Andrew Mitchell is here, a former chief whip and expert in medieval torture techniques, as he's been explaining to us. John Rental uh, with us as well from the Independent. They don't do a lot of torture there. Uh, they're much, much more softer on the old uh, torture techniques. But let's talk, Andrew, about the 1922 committee meeting tonight as well, while you're here. And I know you can't stay too long, because some people are expecting Theresa May to come and make some kind of grandiose announcement about her departure date. I'm not so sure she's going to do that. She seems to me to be not minded to remind anyone that she's going anywhere anytime soon. What's your view? Well, my strong advice is that she shouldn't come and be dragged before the 22 committee and uh, have to recant and say she's going. She said that she's going to go, and that's good enough for me in due course. She said not going to fight the next election. But, you know, I've been here quite a long time. I remember when Mrs Thatcher was pushed out, mm. and I remember the terrible legacy of that. And for the Conservative Party to you know, brutalise another female Prime Minister would be a terrible thing. So, so I think she should be treated with great dignity. I think she's going to get her deal now. You know, all, all, um, all part of her for achieving it against the odds uh, in the end. It's the right answer now. It's not, you know, it's a terrible deal in many ways, but it's the right answer to get us to the next stage. She said she's going to go before the next election. That's good enough for me. Leave her be. Because there is going to be a fair amount of negotiation, John, is there not, that still has to be done, no matter whether you're a no-deal person or whether you're a Theresa May deal or whether you're trying to get some other deal sorted out in the meantime. Nothing is ever going to be done before the time at which you leave the European Union. There's going to be so much to be done after that, isn't there? Oh, yes, but I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that, uh, that Andrew's so um, optimistic on the Prime Minister's behalf that she's going to get the deal through. I, mean, I don't see where these numbers are coming from, even if she does uh, do this Faustian pact with, uh, with Boris Johnson, where she agrees to uh, give up her job uh, in, in return for his vote for, for her deal, um, which, uh, which is what I gather is the gist of the conversations that have been, ha been taking place in, uh, in Chequers. Am I, perhaps that's too crude, but I mean, that's the... Much too crude. But that is, that is essentially the transaction that we are talking about, isn't it? No, Not I think, I th on the contrary, I think that uh, all my friends in the EOG are looking at the options that await them if they don't support her deal. That's the point. Yes, but I mean, Boris, I mean, the one carrot you can dangle in front of Boris Johnson is the, the prospect of a Tory leadership election in which he becomes Prime Minister and uh, uh, that is something that he would be prepared to trade his vote for. Well he would be, I'm, well, I, well, I will have to ask him that, but, but uh, you know, he's not the only player on the pitch. No, but all these, um, uh, all these Tory Eurosceptics want to, want to see a genuine, what they regard as a genuine Brexiteer in as Prime Minister to, to handle the next stage of the negotiations if they are going to vote well, for I the think, deal. I think the next stage of the uh, negotiations is, uh, is going to have to be handled in a very different way because as things stand we're going to be completely shafted on these on the next phase. Why? Because we are dealing with 27 countries who will pursue their national interest and we're going to end up with the lowest common denominator of them all. You know the French have already said they want special deals on the fishing. Look at what the Greeks and the Cypriots are saying because they don't want third country Britain yeah. to get something that third country Turkey will then get. So the next stage is going to be a nightmare and we, we need to work out as soon as if this deal goes through, how we handle that next stage, because we are very much on our back foot. Which does tell you, in a way, does it not, that no deal might as well just be the option you go for, because if the deal leads you into all sorts of trouble like that, then surely no deal can't be any worse, can well, it? Well, I am not one of those who's in favour of taking no deal off the table, nor do I believe that there is actually such a thing as no deal, because there will have to be a whole series mm. of little deals yeah. at that point and pauses. But for my constituents in the Royal Tile in Sutton Coalfield, I think no deal is not a good 
answer. And but Mike, know, but, should, be, but Mike, should be avoided if possible. But you're not paying attention. I mean, the Prime Minister has said no deal is not going to happen. I mean, she. Yeah, but she everything she want... says isn't going to happen always ends up happening. So no, no, I mean, but, I take that as a double negative. No, but this. That, but well, the reason the law, she you says know, we that. Crash out, you know, the law is that we leave. You know, subject to what happens in the next few days, we leave on a specific date. Yes, but that's that, the law. But, yes, but that, that that date has already been changed once, and mm. it will be changed again because there is a. But that's what the, I mean. the one thing we do know is that there is a very large majority in there uh, against leaving without a but deal. Maybe, so that's what not going seeing, to but maybe what we're seeing, Andrew, and you've indicated possibly this is what's happening. That there is something changing. There is something moving. There is a movement now within the House of Commons to find some common ground and to finally move on because your constituents and everybody else's constituents are hopping mad at the behaviour that they are seeing from their MPs. Well, some of them are more sympathetic than others, but, you know, we're all trying to get to the right answer, and that's what our constituents want us to do too. Mm, exactly and, but, right. But, but, but people are hopping mad for different and, and, and mutually contradictory reasons, Mike. I mean, that's, yes, that, that but is they're the still problem. hopping mad. I mean, people, that doesn't matter really. People say really. they want to leave. They want to leave. Well, some of them do. Half, well, of them, half of them don't, and they've been marching up and down and, and signing Well, signing people want, people want some resolution. I mean, the idea of this going on for another two years and another referendum, you know, is more than body and soul can yeah. take. Oh, absolutely. I think we would all collectively hurl ourselves into the English Channel, or the sleeve, whichever we used to we may wish to call it. Andrew, <laughs> thank you very much indeed uh, for taking some time to talk to us. Andrew Mitchell, former Chief Whip uh, and torture technician, of course, as he has told us. John Rental's here as well. We'll take some calls from you, 0344 499 1000. Uh, this is Talk Radio. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Order on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are in the Tent of Shame down on College Green, right here in Westminster, of course, where behind me at the Palace of Westminster, all sorts of shenanigans, plotting, uh, all sorts of medieval torture is going on as well, apparently, according to Andrew Mitchell, uh, who was just here. John Rental uh, has had to go and do some real work, I'm afraid, so he's no longer with us. Michael Fabricant, however, has just joined us as well. Uh, Tory MP for Litchfield. Michael, we'll come to you in a second, because first of all, we just want to hear uh, from a couple of our callers. Richard uh, is in Manchester. Richard, a very good um, morning to you and welcome. Oh, good morning, Mike. Thanks very much indeed for taking my call. Um, not at all. What, what would you like to these, say? What do these people, these MPs, not understand about 17.4 million people in a democratic vote voting to leave the EU? That is very simple. They gave us the opportunity to do that, as you know, Mike. Now yes. we have a situation where people are saying they're very sorry for Mrs May and they're very sorry for this and they're very sorry for that. Mike... She is trying to blackmail us into stopping everything that we fought for in the last two and a half years. And I think that word is not too strong. We have a great future in England. Our people built it, not the people in the Commons. They should start to learn because when the next election comes, Mike, wow, there's going to be a lot of changes. And all these people who are voting against us and voting against democracy how can they stand up on the doors and say to people well this time you will be a democracy you know what there'll be more people slamming the doors in their faces and telling them to go away i think we've reached a stage where if these people can grasp the nettle now stick up to her get rid of her get somebody in who could lead us we could be out by the 12th of april Please, I pray to God that somebody will do that. She is absolutely useless. She's cost this country billions.
millions, and history will show that. I'm not telling any lies, and you're not a stupid man. You put a very, very good point of view. Tell the Soros money people. Tell those people we don't need them. Tell Blair and tell all these other people we don't need you. We will carry on and we will be a great country again. Don't fall for going back in the EU or giving them their own way, Mike. That's all I'm Richard, saying. And you know, Richard, you're, as, as ever, very passionate, very eloquent, very well said. Thank you so much. You speak for an awful lot of people who voted to leave the European Union. And, of course, uh, so many people are now saying these MPs who are telling us what they would like to see have no business telling us what they would like to see. What they should be doing is doing what we would like them to do. And I've got one with me here now, Michael Fabricant, Tory MP for Litchfield. Well, Michael, what did you make of that call? A very passionate very much a believer in leaving the European Union and not messing about anymore. What would you say to him? I would say you're saying just what I'm thinking. Mm. Because, you know, the people decided, 17.4 million people, to leave the European Union. The House of Commons decided to contract out the whole... Sorry, I'm taking my headphones Take off. Headphones if people off, are wondering why I'm stammering Keep the scarf, though, because it's rather it. I'm wearing a very fetching pink and blue scarf. Does, is it, is it significant? Your tie is also it's, pink and blue. It's the Dulwich Hamlet Football Club, is it? which okay. is not actually significant right. uh, at all. Right. But anyway, to get back to the question, mm. now I can actually hear myself yes. with the headphones off. I totally agree with that caller, because, uh, you know, the House of Commons agreed that they would contract out the decision whether or not to stay in the European Union, mm. you know, quite a substantial majority, nearly 5%, decided, a majority, to leave the European Union. But the problem is we have a remainder parliament. Yes. Four to 500 MPs are determined either to thwart Brexit by actually revoking, revoking Article mm. 50. Yes. It's one of the options on the order paper today and keeping us in the EU, or by tying us in so closely with the customs union and single market, it means we might as well have not left the EU anyway. It's totally unacceptable. So what are you going to do later on, though, when it comes to it, as far as which parts of these indicative votes, which don't really seem to matter an awful lot to me, although Andrew Mitchell told me that, you know, the government only really governs at the behest of Parliament, and so she kind of has to take some notice of it. Um, you've tweeted out today uh, that you are going to now back the Theresa May deal, are you not? So you're having to, to sort of compromise one way or the other just to get somewhere. Well, today I'll be voting, if the Speaker selects these options, for either a no-deal Brexit, and incidentally, it isn't a no-deal Brexit. Uh, people talk about crashing out of the European mm. Union. Since October of last year, and you hardly ever read about this in the papers or on the radio and TV, since October of last year, on both sides of the channel, in London and in Brussels, uh, so much legislation has been passed, yeah. it would actually be a very, very workable Brexit. So there's already a framework, is Yeah, the saying. Bank of England have said... It would not create the massive crash. Mm. It would have done before October last year. Yeah. Frankly, what we should have done is invoked Article 50 within a week of the EU referendum, yeah. done what we've been doing over the last few months over a year ago, yes. and we would have been out, and it would have been a clean Brexit, and it would have been a success. Yeah. But no, we didn't have that. And, and uh, that is intrinsically because Theresa May has been trying to protect our relationship with the European Union, it seems to me, and it seems to a great many other people. Well, Theresa May, whom I like a lot, is a very cautious lady. Yeah. 
Maybe uh, too, too cautious. Maybe too cautious. Uh, no prime minister likes taking risks, but as you know, I've said in the past, maybe now's the time in these extraordinary times. Mm. I mean, it is extraordinary. It is frankly. extraordinary. Yeah. When you think you and I are sitting in the middle of a, a field somewhere outside Parliament, yeah. that's pretty extraordinary. Well, I mean, pretty itself. soon they're going to have to start making these structures more permanent because I think we're going to be here for a while. I think because, we could be here. I for mean, a... Andrew Mitchell just said to me as well that in the uh, in the case of a, of a Theresa May deal going through and that deal being agreed, there is still a massive uh, sort of you know complicated panoply of laws that are going to have to be made of deals that are going to have to be done so by no means is it the end of the matter oh no that's absolutely right but we will be totally out by the end of 2021 mm. so at least there's a bit of light at the yeah. end of the tunnel although i never make view, plans that far in advance to be honest i have no my, idea what i'm doing then <laughs> the my my view though is the tunnel is far too long anyway yeah. we should have been out by yeah. now uh but yes it would be a huge betrayal if we stay in we have a remainder parliament I'm afraid my having to vote at the moment I'm thinking of doing this, my having to vote for the withdrawal agreement, yeah. uh, is a tactic. It's a tactic to get us out. And that's not the problem. There's so much of what has been happening in Parliament. And we understand that that's how Parliament works. You know, some of us, uh, not everybody in the, in the community is happy about it. But, you know, it all seems to be a bit of a tactic. It all seems to have become a bit of a game. You know, if Jacob Rees-Mogg and Boris Johnson and all the other uh, ERG members decide finally to go with Mrs May's deal, the question a lot of people out there in the in the in the sort of high street are going to be asking is well why did it take so long for them to agree to do that why didn't they agree to do that months ago uh, back in december and in that case we could have got it through i think it's because every member of parliament thinks that he or she can be a prime minister mm. uh, they don't actually work together and even the erg i have to say you know is a very broad church yeah. within the broad church of the conservative party there are those who agreed to vote for with the withdrawal agreement two votes ago within yeah. the ERG. Mm. So, you know, I voted against it twice. If I vote against it for a third... Sorry, if I vote with it for a third time, it'll be a tactic to get us out. I don't do mm. it with a great joy. I've written about it in the Daily Telegraph today and only mention it because there are complicated reasons for this and I've set it all out. Yeah. The trouble is the Andrew Mitchells of this world will say, well, if you don't agree to the indicative votes today, mm. we'll pass legislation to force the government to either revoke Article 50 and remain in the EU, or to accept the customs union and single market, which means we'll have still no more control over immigration, have no more control over trade agreements or anything else. Mm. We, as I said earlier, we might as well have stayed well, in. Hearing, and that's a huge we're hearing betrayal this morning that of Brexit. If that is the case, then suddenly we won't have um, summertime and, and uh, wintertime anymore because they're going to do away with the changing of the clocks. Oh, well, I would do away uh, with that anyway. Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's another story. I don't story. want to do that. I also, I don't want anyone putting a speed limiter on my car because they think that I can't control my own driving sense. You know, I really don't wish to have, you know, be driving along a set of rails because they don't want me to have any freedom. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, I mean, you raise actually quite a serious point because the EU we see now is bad enough. And yeah. that's why the people left. But in fact, the plans for the EU in the years to come yes. is far greater integration. Mm. And look, you know, it's not that I'm anti the European Union or anti-Europe. I am not. But, you know, the United Kingdom, uniquely in Europe, has very close links with other English-speaking countries, mm. the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, well, the Commonwealth India, as well, and there? the Commonwealth. Yeah. Those economies are thriving. Yeah. 
The rest of continental Europe is in decline. Yeah. Italy is in recession. Germany is close to recession. That's Spain. Yes, our growth has gone down slightly, but it's still faster yeah. than any other G7 country mm. in Europe. Yes. And I don't want the ball and chain of Europe dragging us down well, under I've the waves. Well, I've said to any Remainer MPs that come and sit in this tent, whenever they say, well, we should have a second referendum because, you know, nobody really knew what leave meant. There are lots of different ways of leaving. Well, if that would be the case, I would like to know precisely what remain means because remain means an awful lot of things too and if it means further integration and if it means um, you know more rules and regulations that we have to kowtow to I think a lot of people would say actually that's not the remain that I want. No exactly right and you talk incidentally about this incredible idea that they've now got that cars will have to recognise speed signs. Yeah. I mean, you drive along a road sometimes, and it's so utterly confusing yeah. sometimes what the speed yes. is. Yes. If I, as a marginally intelligent person, mm. can't quite work it out on occasion. Yes. I'm quite bitter about this because I got done for speeding in ah. Wales the well, other day. Well, there we are. Anyway. Well, you're the sort of person that needs one of these devices <laughs> in your car. But I don't, think, I don't think it's got artificial intelligence enough to do it. No. But well, it's also quite dangerous, apparently, because if it suddenly slams the brakes on, there's a car behind you, he's going to run into the back of you. Absolutely right. You know, right. and also regulation of people and the curtailment of people's freedom is not what I'm about. It's not what I live in this country for. If I wanted to have my freedom curtailed, I'd go and live in bloody North Korea. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but That's these are fascinating story. times. I suspect we'll be back. I suspect we will. Michael Fabrican, thank you very much indeed. We'll take more of your calls coming up in the next hour. Nick Dubois is going to be here as well, of course. 0344-499-1000. This is Talk Radio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The fallout, the fury, the future. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Order on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are in the tent of shame once more. Day three down here in Westminster on College Green, watching uh, the movement going on behind us in the Palace of Westminster. Uh, lots of plots being hatched, lots of people uh, coming up with plans, lots of people uh, putting forward uh, meaningful votes and unmeaningful votes and uh, things that might be indicative, other things that may not be. Uh, we've got Owen Smith with us here uh, from Pontypridd, the MP for the Labour Party, of course. Nick Dubois, uh, former uh, uh, assistant to Brexit Secretary Dominic Raab. Dave says this, Labour supporters in Newcastle are 
furious at all the parties. I speak to various people daily, and they're all angry about what's happening in Parliament. Uh, Dip says, Mike, this is not about Brexit anymore. For me, it's about whether my vote in a referendum matters and the integrity of a Parliament who gave the Leave Remain decision to the electorate. Leavers cannot lose this, or else we might as well not bother voting. Um, and uh, Paulie says, Barry Gardner is becoming Diane Abbott. His interview uh, with Emily Maitlis was a car crash. His interview with Nick Ferrari was a car crash. And today on Radio 4, that was a car crash, all within the last week. And he's supposed to be the safe pair of hands on the front bench. What do you make of that, Owen? <laughs> I entirely agree with that caller. <laughs> well, I mean, funnily <laughs> Every enough, word. Look, gonna be... I don't know what Barry was on about this morning, but the bottom line is Labour should be, if we're going to be honouring the position we took at party conference and the majority view of Labour Party members, we should be whipping our MPs today to vote in favour of a confirmatory vote attached to any deal that passes Parliament. But that's you, my view, you... and I think it should be the Labour Party's front bench view. Do you think that, that that stands by your manifesto, though? And if so, how? Uh, look, well, I, I think it's perfectly legitimate to argue that um, our manifesto, which, you know, to be honest, I had grave misgivings about, and I was very clear in Pontypridd. Don't worry, I, still, I had a few about yeah, us. And, look, and, <laughs> and I still made clear to people in Pontypridd that I hadn't changed my views either side of that manifesto. I th- think the Remain is the best possible option for us and always would and will be. Um, but I think you can qu- quite clearly argue that, look, you gave people the democratic right to start the process, uh, and you know that was a mandate for and Parliament. And you promised to, to carry it. out the result. Uh, and and we will, you know, Peter, the the referendum that we're now talking about, and that we'll be voting on today, would allow for MPs to pass the deal. So we would be honouring that referendum, that manifesto pledge, but then to have a confirmatory referendum in the country mm. as to whether the country supports it. And the reason that is so important is what is going to be passed at some point, whether it's Mrs May's deal or one of the other options that's being talked about today, is radically different to what was promised at the time. And frankly, because what was promised at the time was a load of lies. But why would anybody bother voting in another referendum knowing that you haven't really quite honoured the first one? Because unfortunately, you know, that's the way people are are reacting at the moment. Well, if people are still convinced, uh, as you know, you imply and your callers have suggested this morning, that this is still the best course of action, then all they've got to do is go to the polls and confirm it. If they still believe that the deal that is on offer... Because what is now clear is the reality of Brexit as opposed to the deceitful promises that were made in the first instance. People can now look quite clearly at the detail, the texture, the reality of what our future relationship will be with the European Union, what it means for our economy and what it means for our but security. But that's not, that's not strictly that true, different. is it? Because one of the things that I've been saying to people, particularly who are, like you, advocates of, a, of another referendum, is that we also now need to be told, do we not, if that's what your choice is going to be, what the future holds with the European Union, because if we're going to stay in it and they're going to start you know, doing away with summertime and telling us we have to have speed restrictions on our cars <laughs> and that's just today right what are they going to do next week what are they going to do next year and the expansion that they want to uh, to, to, to kind of uh, go with is going to make the more federal state uh, make it more of a federal state uh, of, of union than anything else well look uh, i accept that the european union will evolve evolve in yeah. the future there will be changes but i think we've just got a fundamental question that we would put to people saying look you now understand the full downsides, the risks that are associated with our leaving in terms of our economy, in terms of our future. I don't think it is uh, in keeping with the history and tradition of our country being at the heart of Europe and using our values to help steer Europe for us to take a backward seat uh, and, and to be unengaged these but, days. But you see, I think the only thing that's been really deceitful 
were the promises made before the referendum, including Yvette Cooper uh, and, I have to say, David Cameron, when they said that this is your decision, the people, not the politicians, it will not be the MPs, what you decide we will enforce. And that's been repeated by senior Labour frontbenchers before uh, and immediately after the referendum. So the deceit, I think, is to have told the people one thing and then this parliament, most of it, to try and do the complete Well, opposite. again, I, I don't disagree with you about that, Nick, because the reality, what we should have said to people is, look, this is an advisory referendum. We live in a parliamentary democracy. Um, even and if, if you, we don't even, like it, we won't follow even it Even if you were to vote for this uh, and to say, yes, we'd like to leave the European Union, there are a variety of ways in which that might uh, happen, and there are a variety of different versions of Brexit. Look at the debate we've had over the last few years about whether we're in or out of the customs union or the single market. None of that was debated in detail prior to all that. So we should have been much more honest with people and, frankly, given people a bit more credit to understand it. But and we didn't. There we was a chance to do that. It's an extra 350 but, million but, quid for the NHS. If you but, yeah, but you can't but just go was, around, but, can you, going yeah. through life saying, I wish I'd been more honest. You say that to your wife. I wish I'd been more honest with you before. But please believe me now <laughs> when I tell you that I'm just going out to the pub uh, and I'm not going to meet my ex-girlfriend. I'm really not going to get drunk. And this time, I promise you, it'll be fine. I hope you're not talking about can, me. Well, can, I'm not. Can I, I, just, mean, you know, can I disassociate myself Certainly. entirely from and, those and remarks? But no, just another point, though, picking up on what Owen said, which, which is perfectly reasonable in many ways. The fact of the matter is, though, after the referendum, there was a long time before something like 80% of the House of Commons debated whether to implement Article 50 and the consequences of that. I think Parliament had time to say we recognise its advisory and then promptly took that advice and voted for it, 80% of the House, I think it was, to implement it at Article 50. Fair enough. And all credit to you for that. Um, you know, I've, I've done my odd rebellion and I think it's, Listen, it's a good thing to do. we're not having reasonableness creeping into this show. But, but hang on. The it's point is the unreasonableness <laughs> is perhaps to now try and say... Uh, well, it was only advisory. Well, yes, it was. But MPs backed it, 80% their representatives. It's only after that that it's now become an issue where people are saying, do you know what? Two years later, you, the public, are pretty dim. You didn't get this right. And actually... By implication, presumably, quite a lot of the MPs yeah. are but saying, "We're dim." The we public didn't get aren't it. actually dim, and they can see exactly what's going on here. And what is exactly going on here is a load of people in Parliament behind us here trying to stop uh, a democratically voted upon decision. That's what's going on. It's as simple as that. And I mean, you know as well as I do that you want to stay in the European. You've said it, and I appreciate that. That's always been your position. The point is, is there's other people in there who are not saying it, who also are in the same position as you. And I think that's what's annoying uh, lots and lots of the electorate. Well, that might be right, but I mean, equally, I think it is true that people, and again, I'm not going to quote statistics that you might, but, Don't, I, th no. but I think it's broadly accepted and a significant number of people in both directions have changed their mind as well, the debate has unfolded. Well, I think I in that case you deny pretty much every poll that's been held well, in no, this country over the last three polls. years. No, I, there again, are lots just, of them. Mr Curtis, who he just quoted, who's, who's most famously uh, the, the great I, Look, I the sat, great down, I sat down with John Curtis a fortnight ago yeah. and discussed this. He just and and, and what he said very explicitly, and Peter Kellner says exactly mm. the same, is that depending on which poll you look at, there's between a 7 and 10% shift from leave to remain. And 
I think that is well, widely I saw, well, accepted well, I, in the well, polls. It's not widely accepted because I saw him <laughs> tweeting out just the other day, having well, appeared on Radio you're just 5 denying reality. No, I'm Mike. not. You can you check are. his tweets. He said there is no significant change. That's what he calls it. No significant change. And that's yeah. precisely what he has well, said. Well, 7%, I think, is significant. That would represent, in general election terms, the biggest sort of swing we've seen other than 1997 and 1945. It's a big change out there in the country. The British At- Social Attitude Survey came out this week said exactly the same thing. Pablo uh, says one uh, last message for you before you go, Owen. I'll tell you what, Owen, since you can't remember, it was five million Labour voters who voted to leave, apparently. There we go. There you are. So, uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much indeed. Lovely to see you. And you. Owen Smith. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Order! On Talk Radio. Back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are in the tent of shame. It's getting a bit chilly today. There's not so much sun as there was the last two days. I blame uh, Nick Dubois, who's already confessed to me uh, that he does generally walk around with a cloud over his head. Uh, I don't know why, because he's quite an entertaining individual, actually. Richard uh, says this on Twitter. Why doesn't the Prime Minister just publish in layman's terms the terms of her deal? So many people keep phoning into various shows and talking rubbish because they seem to not understand the facts. They seem to be just copying those who are opposed to it. Well, I think that's very true. And Phil, on the subject of Owen Smith says, is that Welsh guy on drugs? I'm a shop steward and I'm elected by the members and carry out their wishes regardless of my own views. If not, then I'd lose that position. MPs should remember this. They should resign as they aren't fit to do what has been asked of them. And as Nick uh, said earlier, uh, they're not always supposed to do those things. They're not always supposed to do what their constituents tell them to do. However, on the referendum result, that's precisely what they promised to do. But let's go back to the calls because we want to hear from you. 0344 499 1000. Trevor is in Nottingham. Hi, Trevor. Hi, Mike. First time calling, mate. Uh, Welcome. And, uh, very very nice just, to have uh, you. Welcome along. What would you like to say? Uh, I've just been getting more and more annoyed listening to Owen Smith this morning. The guy's unbelievable. Mm. People like him always keep ranting on about there's been so many changes and people will have changed their mind since the referendum because so much, so many lies and so much deceit and all the rest of it. Yeah. Alistair Campbell's a right one to talk about that after what he did with Iraq. <laughs> well, that's anyway, true, yeah. Apart, Apart from that, when we, we were first went in, we, took, we had a referendum in the 70s to go in. We had two, actually, but we went in. Since then, the Thatcher government made changes to the Single European Act. Major did it with Maastricht. Blair did it. Brown did it with Lisbon without once having to go back to us to ask us mm. if it was OK to do it. We right. trusted Parliament to do that, and it was as simple as that. Parliament did it. They just, they just said, yes, OK, this is it. So why mm. can't we do that now? Why do we suddenly have to come back for another referendum? I just don't get it. Well, Nick, maybe you can answer that. Well, it's a, very, it's a very good point. Look, the whole new referendum is little more than a deployment tactic to try and overturn the result. First, they said, oh, actually, all we want to do is confirm the deal that is in place. Well, if you looked at the, um, uh, the march on Saturday, it was all about trying to stop Brexit. Of course. In, these campaigners have been deceitful in the way they have approached and laid out their arguments. I have more respect for the individual who says, I just want to stay in the European Union. I have a respect for an MP who says that as long as he's not being contradictory right. or a hypocrite. But over also, what he Trevor, said before. the other thing that annoys me, Trevor, is that they say, oh, everybody was lied to. 
lies were being told on both sides. And but guess what? There are still lies being told. You know, these Remainers who are telling us that we're going to run out of medicine, that's been disproved. The people who say that five million people have signed a petition, that's not true. You know, the idea that we're going to run out of food, that we're going to not be able to go anywhere because there won't be any transportation deals. I mean, it's all nonsense. Right. Well, the other thing, Mike, as well is... Um, they're going about the, the leave campaign uh, overspending or, or whatever it was, however yeah. they calculated how much money they were allowed to spend. No one seems to take into account the nine ten million pound bribe that Cameron <laughs> sent out, spent right at the start no. of all this. That wasn't involved in any of the figures, was it? That you paid for. Side. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. We, we picked right, up yeah. the tab for that, by the way, so marvellous, isn't it? Listen, Trevor, great call. Do call again. Thank you very much indeed. A lot of first-time callers this week, which is always welcome on any radio show, because this is the one place you get common sense, and where you hear common sense, and an awful lot of it comes from the people listening to the show. Let's talk to Mike, uh, Mark, I should say, who's in Whitstable. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mike. How are you? Yeah, very well, sir. What do you want to say? Good. Well, another first-time caller, and I have wow. to admit, Mike, <laughs> yeah, one of the many today. Um, I have to admit, I was listening to PMQs on, on your show, and Theresa yeah. May actually said, whatever happened to straight-talking, honest politics? <laughs> well, qu- well, quite, Theresa. Absolutely. I think yes. there's an awful lot of us been asking that for an awful long time now. Uh, I must admit, Mike, it made me spit my coffee across the living room. <laughs> Uh, coffee's laced with vodka to help me get through another day. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been sending it. I mean, it's on a number of people that I talk to now who just say, this is just sending me mad, sending me insane. And even the mother of my children, who's a bit of a Remainer, has basically got to the point where she's now gone, just do anything, something. Just please stop, you know. I'm, I'm with her all the way. I've, I've, I've voted, voted Remain, uh, but we lost the vote. That's it. Get on with it. Give us yeah. uh, no deal. We move on as a country. We'll, we'll see what happens. But Well, respect to you for, 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 for that position. That is exactly, I think, how a lot of us would have reacted had Leave lost the vote. I think we would have said, fair enough, we had our crack yeah. and we lost. And I, I, I think that's why I sense... What I frankly think is just duplicity in the way that the Remain, particularly the politicians, have been trying to pretend they respect the people's vote at the same time as they're trying to slam the door on Brexit. And that, to me, is something that I think voters will remember at the next general election. Well, they will. And also the problem for me, Mark, is that, you know, this this, this sort of dishonesty which, which maintains itself through whatever it is that we do, I don't see this actually ending. I know there are some politicians who think that, you know, once it's all over and done with, we'll just go back to where we were. I'm not sure that will happen, actually. Are you? Uh, not at all. I, th- I think it will, it will carry on. Uh, I think it's, it's become very, very plain that uh, po- politicians of all side, sides have been very dis- dishonest. Uh, they've been changing their minds left, right and centre. When it comes down to it, it's, we, they've got to deliver the votes. Um, England or the UK votes for Brexit. Get us through it and, and we move on. But I think you're quite right. I think the dishonesty will continue. Um, the, the, the various uh, speeches will continue, which, which say absolutely nothing. And if I hear the phrase, let's be, we've been very clear one more time, I'll probably throw a brick from our window. <laughs> I know. It's a nightmare. Listen, Mark, hang in there. We'll see if we can sort it out sooner rather than later. Mark, uh, there in Whitstable, uh, giving us all, I think, uh, a, a taste of our own medicine in a way. Because we are all, Nick, absolutely sick to the back teeth of all of these machinations all of these ridiculous procedural motions, all of these votes, whether they be indicative, meaningful, unmeaningful. I mean, really, we've only had one vote, and look where we got to. Well, 
Let me be clear. Yes, please. <laughs> Look, the fact is, parliamentary procedure for people like me, I find is fascinating. But I cannot escape the fact we're about to embark on a complete wasted day here yeah. where people are going to vote on motions that either the government are not or not bound to uh, follow or see through. Mm. We're going to spend time talking about that. The only vote that matters is if the meaningful vote is brought back, if that is defeated, then I think the government really ought to be saying, that's it, we are going to no deal. Yeah. Reluctantly, yeah. but there's really no other option. Yeah. If, uh, I can't if, see them ever doing that. Well, they've said they won't do it. But, Mike, let me ask a simple question. If meaningful vote three goes down, do we have meaningful vote four? Who knows? Do you change the leader? Will that change the numbers in we Parliament? We had lethal weapon Where do we go? That was on last it night. Does, it does they sound... They get worse as they go on as well. Well, there's one today called Common Market <laughs> 2, which made me God think, is us. that a film? Well, I don't think it'd be a very good film. It'd be very long, very boring, uh, and with no interesting characters in it at all. But heaven's sake, it really is. It's, it, we're all at the end of our tether here, and it's only Wednesday. Uh, this is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 